0: Welcome to the Global Spend Podcast with me, Ryan Kramer, where we take a deep dive into the world of global selling and share the secrets to growing your brand in new markets. Whether you're looking to expand your brand, enter new markets, or boost your sales, we've got you covered. Tune in for unscripted, engaging episodes that will take you on a journey of discovery and success. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Global Spin Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet. where I bring the best and the brightest in the Amazon e-commerce and logistics space. Um, it's been great to, uh, I'm sorry to miss everyone for a couple of weeks, but believe it or not, I've been on vacation, uh, took a couple of weeks uh, with my lovely wife and we spent it in uh, traversing through the parts of Italy. Um, it was amazing. I would love to talk about it. I could spend a whole couple of episodes talking about it. But uh, it gave a really cool global perspective, which is what we do at Frisbee all the time is um, I I got excited uh, engaging with people who are business professionals, but also people who are just experiencing the tourism and kind of give a different uh, lending point to uh, both localization, but also uh, just a different part of the world, which is uh, what every entrepreneur is trying to unlock of how can I unlock that that ecosystem, right? But I'm super excited to uh, be back with you on this podcast. If you're new to the show, um, we typically go live on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter. We also go uh, and share our episodes on audio version on all your favorite podcast destinations. So if you happen to have a question and you're watching this on social media, feel free to throw your questions or comments uh, below and we'll make sure the we frisbee or myself or our guest will be able to answer those questions so uh, like any traditional podcast one is not tra- traditionally just talking at the audience it's not a great show that way i love to have an engaging audience in my corner of the internet so when i go out and i ask for different people to lend their perspective uh, on our podcast and done this over 300 times now it's really cool to engage and interact with other podcasts so, so believe it or not i was introduced to one our uh, customers, but also he's a technological, uh, technologist, excuse me, entrepreneur, writer, and also podcast host. So uh, we'll see who gets asked the most questions here in this episode. Uh, but one who uh, is building a brand, who's selling online, who's done everything in the technology world. Uh, his name is R. Blank, and he is the CEO of Shield Your Body. And we we'll wanted to just get it on, get him on today and talk about why self-care should include building a healthier relationship with technology. We're going to find out together why why we should be caring about that and uh, using technology to uh, take care of ourselves, but or vice versa, maybe technology is hurting our body more. We don't know, but that's why we have them on today. So welcome to the podcast, R-Blank of uh, Shield Your Body.
1: Brian, great to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks for hopping on. Um, like you mentioned before, a uh, customer of Frisbee, so I was introduced to you by uh, Pearl Allshoot, Seems to know everyone, but uh, she knows you, <laughs> so uh, she she definitely reached out to me and said you should definitely get R on and uh. Which first and foremost, the letter R. Let's get this out of the way. Is that really the, the That's your name. It's just R. It's yeah, first that's name? my name. Okay, I I need to know a little bit more because I would love to have
1: a, <laughs> uh, an initial or letter. For you can my, do it. Your name starts with an R.
0: Just it's true. It could be cut um,
1: off seventy five percent of the excess uh, characters there.
0: That that's a that's a life moment right there uh just the fat and just go by one initial that's amazing uh, so is that was that your given name i i'm just No it wasn't curious. my
1: wasn't my given it was my given okay. nickname okay by given my name father. okay
0: yeah so there's a lot of a uh, lot of r names in your uh family or what what's the genesis
1: behind that uh, he 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 was really into crossword puzzles <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's just literally R-blank. okay
1: yeah Not- all right. that That's,
0: that's amazing. And uh, nothing more there. And just by just curiosity, people but, remember
1: uh, it too, you know? So, uh, and it stops, what? it's, it really does stop everyone from asking if my last name is real. So that, that is also true because, because I was didn't even get there. You got stuck on the first letter.
0: I did. And then it was blank. And then I honestly was just, <laughs> and because of in marketing, you know, everyone's curious. They're like, what's the first letter? Like what's, what's wrong in our uh, cadences of first name or last name, but Hey, I, I think that's an amazing uh, way to go about the world and identify yourself too. But, um, Hey, thanks for hopping on the global spin podcast. Uh, how no, it's great it. to be
1: here. Thank you for the invite.
0: Yeah. So you're based in Nevada, so Vegas. Yeah. Vegas. So you're a little, uh, as of this, uh, this talk, we, you guys have had a, some 24 hours, right. Uh, uh with the Vegas Knights winning. The oh, standard. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah that was a, that was a
1: huge, that was a huge win. Uh, I yeah. mean, that score with, it doesn't even look like a hockey score.
0: It was a baseball score, even uh, more of a football score, but uh, winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, because the they team. got
1: there they got to the finals in the, their first year, and that Correct. was incredibly exciting for the city. Um, and, but they they lost, but it was still incredibly exciting. But yeah, last night they brought it home.
0: Well, for Vegas, and I've and this is a joke too. Um, I, I visited Vegas for the first time, I want to say a year and a half ago. So I've now since been to Vegas on three or four times. And it's it's crazy to see how often people come back and you keep experiencing new things. Sports is now becoming a part of that world, too. But are you native yeah. of Vegas or? No, no, or... no,
1: no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 originally from the East Coast, then spent a long time living on the West Coast and then uh, ended up in Vegas um, in about 2015. Wow. 2015, OK,
0: 2014. So you've been there a decent amount of time. What what drew you to Vegas was it was it people or is it growth or what what was the? It was it
1: was career. Okay. Yeah. yeah what it was, was it career? Yeah. We can so prior to that. this, uh, so so I shield your body is the company you introduced me as prior. Okay. I started shield your body sort of part time on the side um, back when I was doing software engineering. Okay. Uh, so I had a software engineering firm, and uh, we would build apps and. Uh, experiences in games for brands like Apple and Microsoft and Mattel. And um, and I started uh, Shield Your Body on the side. Uh, so I started sh- uh, the idea for SYB I got in 2012, and I started it in 2013 with my first product. And then I sold out of my software company, went full-time with SYB in 2016.
0: Okay. So S- Shield Your Body was something they've had been building a long time, but you were you said side project, which again, a lot of people in the Amazon space, it seems that that that's the, you're either develop it via passion or you're trying to supplement the income. but you're you're a technologist. Uh, you're somebody who is in the field who I'm assuming was just very busy. what what kind of provoked this this uh, this yeah so brand, if you will.
1: my father, you know the the one who was really into crossword puzzles <laughs> uh, he was um he was one of the world's leading scientists into. Uh, scientists and activists, into the uh, health effects of exposure to electromagnetic radiation, which is the type of radiation that comes off of cell phones and Wi-Fi and basically all modern technology. And in 2012, he had a contract to write a book um, for general audiences. So not for other scientists and not for other academics, but for regular people. And so uh, at that point, I'd written a couple of books and I had taught um, undergrad at uh, USC and so he had asked me to jump in and help him write that book, um, and that book became overpowered, and that was a survey of everything he had learned and understood about the health effects of EMF uh, exposure to EMF radiation from modern technology. And it was in the course of writing that book that I came up with the idea for what became SYB, which is, you know, the science uh, showing harm is is really quite deep and significant at this. And this was even 10 years ago, Uh, even at that point um, was really very strong. Um, But the sources of these exposures, you know, it's not like tobacco where you can sort of stop. Uh, The sources of EMF radiation are everywhere and they are, they are what power our modern lives and our modern economy and our society. So there's no way of escaping these exposures. So I, I, wanted to find ways for people to engage more safely with technology. And that's where the idea came from. Uh, I was also motivated to, because the software business, at least the way, you know, my company was set up was, was client services. And there was always sort of this uh, drive to, um, to productize and to, you know, wouldn't it be nice if I could actually make, some products. And so that not, I, I I don't get paid just for an hour that I work, um, but that I'm, I'm actually able to scale. And so those two things sort of came together. And like I say, I started, but it was, it was really small for the first three years. Well, it was even small after the first three, but the first three years when it was just kind of a, on the side, dipping the toe in uh, the market back then for this was also much smaller. And um, uh, but I, that's how it all got started. That's amazing. So you
0: sold your business, focusing this on full-time. What was the, what was the thing as a, is this your team yourself? Like you're a team of one or are you a team? Yeah. Like at the line? time oh. I was,
1: I mean, I always, always outsourced. Uh, so I've always had a bookkeeper cause I, I knew I couldn't do that. And I always outsourced the legal stuff. Um, but from day one, I, it was a, it was a one man show. Uh, so, you know, I did, I did the product design. I did the packaging design I would be the one receiving all the units uh, from the suppliers. At the time, we had suppliers in the U.S. and China. Uh, I would be doing QA. I would be packaging them. I'd be printing off the barcodes uh, and labeling, and I'd be building the listings and doing the product photography and building the website and uh, running the email list and everything. And then, you know, gradually over time, it it grows and you're able to, to kind of offload more and more of that stuff. Absolutely. But at the, at the time, it was definitely uh, just just me, except like I say, with the uh, part time bookkeeper and uh, outsourced law work.
0: And, and for for people listening, this was back in twenty what? what that was twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Okay. So I mean, you've been doing this for 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 a couple of years now. Um, so over time, in iteration, did we start off of uh, your own website, or are we doing this on Amazon? What was so? Do we?
1: Yeah. This? Well, I, like I said, I'd been in software engineering, so building. Our own website wasn't a challenge. Um, getting people to it was. Uh, so, <laughs> so, um, like of e commerce. Yeah. Right? So, no, e-commerce I, route. I mean, I, I really did build the business off of, off of Amazon.
0: Um,
1: wow. it is no longer, uh, our, um, an Amazon. I mean, we still sell on Amazon, sure. uh, but, uh, but it is no longer what I would call an Amazon business. I mean, our biggest channel is our website and other channels uh, like Walmart and, uh, our distributor relationships. Um, those are also quite significant now. So Amazon remains important, but it's, but, but in terms of actually getting the company off the ground, you know, cause, uh, I didn't have any of the t- sort of digital marketing skills that, I mean, except for knowing how to build a website and knowing how to write copy, I didn't have any of the key digital marketing skills and I had limited resources and, Uh, I had some friends who were telling me about their successes on Amazon and I figured this was the lowest hanging fruit in terms of, of getting serious increases in, in my revenue. And um, for the first few years, it it really, really, uh, it was the key driver of the growth uh, of the company. That's
0: awesome. And and as one does, you, you said you, you built a brand, you're now a brand. I I would consider this journey that you've been on a brand building journey Journey because you said find the easiest way to get started and then kind of grow from there. Amazon's a Mm -hmm. part of it, and I think a lot of people would be envious of how do I make Amazon only a part of it, not the sole uh resource or driving point or uh the whole three legged stool ecosystem. What, (laughs) how, how can I make it not just my sole uh leg that I'm standing on? Uh, if it's gone, it's gone, and now I'm not making any revenue. How important was that process for you in the beginning, or is it something that happened to your brand that? you had to say i it was to-
1: always so yeah when uh when when i this is i you know i really appreciate these questions cuz they're really important and i never talk about them um and a lot of people who've gone through it don't also talk about it um but you know when when amazon is going well for you it, it there's this well at least for me there there are these two different strands of thought and one is I, you know, I keep hearing these nightmares about uh, someone hijacking listings or Amazon just making an arbitrary policy change or, and boom, overnight, the business is gone. Mm. And, you know, that might not be a majority of people, but it's, it's, a, you hear enough of those stories to think, I really don't want that. to yeah, They're not me. making it
0: up. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Uh, so you, you, so you want to diversify, but at the same time, Amazon is paying off for you. And so you want to plow resources into that. And so for, uh, a while, you know, you just kind of, you sort of put it in the back, the the threat you put in the back of your mind. It's something that's motivating you, uh, to find new alternatives, but you still have to pay attention to, uh, the Amazon opportunity. Um, and you use the revenue from, you, you, you kind of, the, the money that's coming in through Amazon, you kind of have to split, right? So part of it goes back into refueling Amazon. Then part of it okay. goes into uh, whatever other type of approach you want to take, right? Because there's other multi-channel approaches that you can take without building your own site, without building your own distribution network. Um, like eBay, so it's it's you know not going gangbusters, but uh, a lot of people are still succeeding on eBay. Walmart is making some serious inroads. There's Etsy. Uh, there's uh, OnBuy in the UK. Mm-hmm. And there's all these other places where it, you can still... And all of those, all of the ones I just mentioned also have advertising. I mean, they're all different skill sets uh, in terms of like the specific ways in which you succeed on all these different marketplaces, but they're all basically the same workflows. Um, But in my case, I really wanted, I I wanted to take the multi-channel approach, but I really wanted to build the website out as its own. Uh, platform. And again, you know, I, uh, I'm at the point now where fortunately I am not the one responsible for my own website, but that is literally only uh, a year. Um, so it was up until a year ago where I had actually built the entire, uh, designed to build the entire website myself. Um, it, at the time it was off of WooCommerce. We, uh, last year we switched to Shopify when I, when I hired a team for, for their work. Um, uh, and and at that point, it's about learning, you know, how you want to get uh, audience. For me, uh, for me, given my skills and my niche, uh, I used SEO combined with lead capture. Other mm-hmm. people would maybe want to use uh, PPC with funnel marketing or something like. But you need some kind of system. And you just start make, putting these experiments in play and seeing what starts working. You know, for me, building the email list was critical. And that is how I was able to build the website into a standalone channel. Now, I don't know if I gave you enough depth on any of that to make it satisfying. So feel free to ask. No, yeah, up.
0: that's a, that's fantastic. And, and I think like I understand, but I want to make sure for people who are on this journey and they're probably at this crossroads that you're also on or that, that you spoke on, um, there, there's multiple ways to build out a brand, right? And a brand for many of us thinks differently. It's it's either the, the name itself is driving um, driving search on whatever platform you're looking on, whether it be Amazon or Google, or mm-hmm. uh, I have a problem and my, my brand or my products are going to be relevant enough so that it appears within um, in search engines like on Google or Bing or whatever platform you're searching on or just understanding the content. And it sounds like that you want the education to come first driving back to your website. And then if your brand resonates enough and hopefully longer and and stronger, the more you're
1: around, people will just search for brand on those relevant platforms. I'm glad that you picked up on that because yes, education is, is critical to the way that we have built our marketing. Um, And and the, the other reason I think it's really good. You picked up on that is because it's, Literally the reverse of Amazon. Because on Amazon, someone will search for a solution to a problem, and you have, you know, seven images and five bullet points in a title to convince them that you're the one. Yeah. Um, whereas you're at when, page one, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when you're out in the, the world, uh, especially, you know, because my niche, there's a lot of education that goes along with it. You know, I'm not selling water bottles, I'm selling Something that protects you against something that you might not even realize is a threat, or if you do think it's a threat, um, you have no idea what to do about it, or how it works, or or and and I'm also in a, a niche where there's a lot of uh, snake oil, for lack of a exactly. more refined term. So you know what sets us apart? What how do people know that our stuff really works compared to some of these? other options that you might find um, on Amazon or on Google. And so education, um, foster, fostering uh, uh, customer relationships through education uh, ha- has been critical. Uh, well, I won't say critical. Uh, well, it has been critical, but it's been the, cent- the, the, the focus of how we've done all of our marketing. So we are a very education heavy brand. And that in turn, th- th- that accomplishes two things. One is it educates people, uh, but two is it also helps build trust. And it also helps build referrals because people will start referring other people to our content and to our information. And then you can find other ways of trying to leverage that attention that you're getting um, and eventually hopefully get enough sales to, to, to keep the, the lights on.
0: Absolutely. And, and for people, we didn't even like dive into what your product, um, you know, kind of does or, or really the solution that you're, you're finding it. Um, or fighting with, I should say. Um, it's a very interesting topic, and like you said, it, it came from kind of family, and then you yourself kind of grew up into it. Um, when when people are, was this more of a? Did, does this feel like a passion, or does it feel more more like a? Hey, it's an opportunity. Does that make sense? Because I yeah, I mean, I'd very- say
1: it's it it, it it's both. Um, uh, you know, it only make it only makes sense to do if you see it as an opportunity. Uh, but how you define opportunity can be pretty broad. It's an opportunity uh, to help people. It's an opportunity to make money. It's an opportunity to help um, uh, create more a, a more educated consumer base in an area that really needs a lot more education. Um, but I can't view it purely as a money-making opportunity the way that a lot of, uh, and this is not to criticize other brands and other sellers, um, because I mean, the, the purpose of a business is to make money. Um, but this is also a business that I've I created uh, to further my father's legacy. And so, uh, and he was an academic, he was a scientist. Um, he was not a capitalist. <laughs> I mean, he, he was a capitalist, but you know what I mean? He, he had no idea about how to run business. Um, in fact, I, I was kind of surprised he, he always expressed amazement at what that that i could do this and uh and i'm like well, <laughs> look at everything you've done Well, yeah. how is it how is this hard but um, but to him none of this made any sense um so i have to take a you know i have i'm constantly balancing this drive to in, to make effective marketing but that is also uh uh uh, furthering his legacy. and that isn't really seen as, you know, because I don't know, I, I'm, the the right terms aren't coming to me uh, right now, but w- there's a lot of marketing that that works, but it's it's sort of smarmy or it's sort of misleading or mm-hmm. uh, it's you're over promising and under delivering and all the and you know it's very important for me that we try to be as accurate as possible in everything that we say and do while also trying to compete in in a modern marketplace. So right. I don't know if that was responsive to your question. It, it is. Uh, and I, I
0: kind of think about this space too, is because the more the more you're in technology, e-commerce, Amazon, whatever in the, in the tech space, you become always more aware of what's around you and then both the benefits, but also the negative side of things, right? So the negative people find products to, uh, either help with or help protect against that, but there are results of other products, right? So you talked about in the beginning in our introduction, both uh, laptops or even um, your company's website, if you go to uh, shieldyourbody.com. Again, it's more of, um, hey, in 2020, we were, we were just immersed with screens and laptops and working at home, and we were just around screens all the time and with our cell phones and our wa- smartwatches, everything of that sort. We don't know what we don't know, but once you be- bring education, you pr- bring either more solutions to the, the products that are helping our lives better on, but you're bringing products to help fight against solutions and products that are helping us. And helping us. <laughs> so you, so you see how the trickle effect is it's kind of different, but but this is always something so fascinating because of the health and there's actual side effects and studies that do all these kinds of things that back up and support you. So where I'm going with this question is how do you work in a field that's so immersed and so broad when you're selling and I'm again I'm looking at your website if you see me look away you're talking about fighting against headsets uh stuff for home and office uh mm-hmm. for babies for apparel um just for in lifestyle in general that's a broad range of products you have to think about we need solutions for yeah so is that overwhelming I, I guess um, that's what I'm getting for are you talking about to, to me or to the consumer both i would say i I'd say for your your brand you you are the forefront leader in the space. So is that overwhelming to be that advocate and that, that thought leader, that, that person who has to <laughs> protect people from the solution or, well, for, I mean, there's the a solution? lot of,
1: there's, there's a lot of important people in, in my niche. Um, I, in terms of brands, uh, I have built, it's hard for me to, 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 to acknowledge this, but I have built in terms of brands, I have built um one of the largest and most successful in this very small part of the world but it it, the 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 people who are making real change also on uh the impacts of emf and 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 health effects a lot of them don't have brands they're they're scientists they're activists and they're out there they're writing books they're giving talks um and so it's not like everything rests on me my job is to be a responsible marketer Um, I, the, because part of what I, what I believe is, you know, the work that all these people are doing, like my father was one of them. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I could list off tons of names, Dr. Dever Davis, Dr. Joel Moskowitz. Uh, there, there's dozens, even hundreds of, of these scientists, uh, around the world doing this kind of work, um, and organizations too, like the environmental health trust. Um, my, belief, well, A, I'm not a scientist, and I don't particularly care to be an activist, Uh, so that's not where I'm going to make a difference, but it's also my belief that by figuring out uh, getting these types of products the co- like that I make into more consumers' hands on its own builds awareness. That is, it makes it safer for the consumers, but it also makes the consumers more aware. Because when the consumers are more aware, they'll actually be demanding that this technology be made safer in the first place. Because this technology could be, like I said at the beginning, there's no avoiding these exposures. We live in this world where there's going to be a fair amount of Uh, human-made EMF exposure, far more than is natural, far more than is safe, but it could be a lot safer than it is. But that isn't Mm -hmm. happening because the prompts aren't coming either, you know, because that only comes either from consumer demand or regulatory enforcement. And neither of those are happening. And uh, so I believe that by creating a responsibly marketed brand that designs and builds real products, you're actually building that level of awareness uh, at, a, at a sort of a grassroots level, that creates the the field in which bigger change becomes more possible, and that's how I view my role. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't view myself as uh, significant as you know my father or the other names I was just mentioning, or you know any of the other names I could just pull out right now. Uh, I do feel though that the way what I am doing is important, and it fills a gap uh, because. Uh, you have all of these very legitimate, very serious, very important academics and activists. But then on the commercial side, you have uh, much less professional representation in the kind that doesn't get broader consumer acceptance. And uh, I feel like that kind of consumer acceptance is what is going to drive, uh, is a key missing component of, that is required to drive the uh, the broader changes that all of us would, would really like to see. Did that, did that answer your question?
0: It did. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I, it provokes a couple of other things are, um, and, and again, for everyone who's, who's joining now, or who's listening, we have our blank with shield your body, uh, CEO, uh, entrepreneur, technical technologist, uh, author, podcast host. Um, we have him with us today talking about, you know, building a brand from obviously something that was passionate, but also there's an opportunity to help, um, People understanding, you know, in, in the field that he grew up with, but with his father, but also um, in the world of e-commerce uh, is something he's educating and he's building a brand around it in a multi-channel, different way. Um, in the space, our, our, I'm curious too. Going back to when you first started this online, what were the ways that you started to learn, and how, how do you continuously stay up to date with all the changes in the world we we both work in? Right? So we're yeah, you don't stay Amazon. up to date.
1: With all the changes, there's just no way you pick, you pick your battle. I mean, as you grow a team, it becomes easier uh, because then less is on you individually. I mean, the amount uh, of, but the, the answer is there, there's no way to stay on top of it all uh, because there's so much happening. Um, You, you, if you, if you try, if you just devoted 24 hours a day to it every day, you still wouldn't stay on top of it all. You kind of, you find voices that matter. And that's, and, and you kind of follow them and see what they're saying is important. Um, you, you, you work with brands, um, like, uh, at the time it, it was, it was called first for a shipping, but, uh, but now Frisbee and, um, but I've been, uh, I, I think since 2016, I've been a customer and they not only helped me get, you know, selling right because you hear oh you're you're doing well on amazon us you should expand you should expand to canada you should expand to uk but at the time i mean i don't know what it is now but at the time amazon was not very helpful about telling you how to do that and when you're you know one man shop you're like oh yeah sure i should just become an international e-commerce guy like you so frisbee was critical in terms of you know, the first one was Canada. So they got me, I didn't even know what an NRI was, (laughs) uh, but I, I got, they helped me get my NRI. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And which I still have. And then uh, as we expanded into Europe and VAT enforcement became more serious, uh, they helped connect me with a Avask. But then, you know, that's just one example. Um, We, uh, we, you know, the, when I when I built the the website originally back in I think it was 2014. Um, you know, I built it knowing what I knew how to build, which was WordPress and WooCommerce. And over time, you know, people are saying you should switch to Shopify. And then there's other people saying you should really uh, advertise on on Facebook and use that to drive traffic to Amazon, and that'll help your flywheel. And You're right. like you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like there's so much and you can't stay on top of it all. So you just have to sort of form a picture in your head of what you are, what types of opportunities you think are missing from your your kind of scheme and which ones are popping up that might fit. And there've been a lot of you know misfires along the way. You pick the wrong software platform. You invest a bunch of money in a, in a marketing effort that just goes nowhere. Um, even product, uh, f- we've fortunately... Not really had to. We, we've only had to discontinue, I think, two products. But you know, I have dropped products for, that were pretty far into the prototyping phase, and like you know, what this isn't going to work. And you you've sunk a bunch of money into that, and you know, it's gone. So there's just the answer is give up on. Don't ever try to 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 stay on top of everything. Uh, Because that isn't possible. Stay as informed as your schedule allows by finding these voices, finding these trusted partners, listening to what they have to say, but realizing, you know, you're the only one experiencing the world from your perspective. And just because something worked for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You know, I know a lot of businesses, like I said, SEO has been really good. To us, I mean, it's up and down, but it's been really good to us and how we've built the business. Um, but I know other businesses that have done quite well with horrible SEO. They do everything they've done has been, all their traffic is paid uh, acquisition, and they built real businesses that way. So just because I'm here saying SEO worked really well doesn't mean that's drop everything and go work on SEO. Um, and and keep in mind, all of this can just change overnight. I mean, Google updates their algorithm one to two times a year. Facebook and Amazon will change their advertising policies overnight without even informing you, you know, there's all of these changes that can happen. So, you know, having a few irons in the fire, you know, helps diversify that, that risk.
0: Absolutely. And, and thank you for the the shout out too, because uh, we've just met you today and emailed a couple of times, but just hearing brand stories from this side, I've always, I've been in the space for seven, eight years now and done, worked with different technology companies and different uh, software solutions and international growth expansion operations. There's there's nothing better than sitting and listening to every story from a brand perspective to know that there's millions of people in the world who are doing the same thing, but it, it it's completely different than the person who might look exactly like you on the different side of the world. It, it, it's a phenomenal, cool space we get to live in, but it's also... It's also a a unique thing. And when someone asks asks a question, hey, can you help with this? My answer is always, it depends. Tell me more about your story. And that's how you get to develop those relationships with brand to service or consumer or agency or whomever you're working with because there's never one cut solution that that will help any brand across the board. And it'll be the same ecosystem for the next uh, brand that comes along. So it really just depends. And that's what's beautiful about... uh, about this ecosystem but for, for you I'm, I'm curious you've been around I would say a while most, most brands are developing and they're growing I won't, I won't say oh you're you're ancient you have a developed brand <laughs> <laughs> and you're uh you're established and you're not afraid to share your brand either right a lot of people are afraid of sharing brand names sharing anything like that but I think it's a testament to like the next level you've been to able to achieve of hey we're not just dependent on Amazon so you can attack us there but we'll still take you out and SEO or anything else like that because we've been methodical, we've been established. Have you always been forefront of like what you do, what products you're selling? Here's your brand, and you're hopefully no no one's going to. No, I
1: have no. That's a that's a good question. No, that and that. I mean, it was a slow, gradual process of because I mean, at the end of the day, and I'm not a marketing expert, but at the end of the day, a brand is a story and the story is, I mean, unless you're, and I learned all of this as, as I was going, you know what I mean? So if, if I, if I was starting a totally new business today, day one, I'd have a the whole story written, you know, out there, but when, I, as I was building SYB and, and now healthier tech, you know, it was, everything was an evolution and I didn't have the confidence in myself. I felt, um, Really like, you know, cause there's, there's a different, like you we were just, what's implicit in your question is there's a difference between a brand and an Amazon brand. And, and, um, and when, when you're really succeeding on Amazon, especially in the days before you could get a plus content up, you know, what, what are people going to know about you? And so you get used to just designing product and selling it without people knowing who you are knowing what your brand is, knowing the story. And then as you invest more and more resources into getting a better website, getting uh, better lead capture content, getting better email marketing in place, uh, appearing on more shows uh, or webinars or whatever it might be, and then stepping forward and, and being a more visible face of the brand that you've built, you know, that's, that was the process that I went through uh, really starting in 2019 more than anything and then it, it really jumped up in uh covid uh because just just a lot of timing things actually worked out quite well for us and we were set up with the better website and we were set up to start delivering webinars and there was a huge amount of demand you know for people just to engage and you know for experiences to have at home. And it was an opportunity for me to be face to face with more and more and more of my customers and potential customers. And, um, so for me, it was, it was a gradual process, but at the start, uh, I very much was a lot more shy or secretive or, uh, about the nature of the business, because as, as I'm presenting the website, I don't want people to think, Oh, that's a Amazon brand. Um, I I want them to think that this is, you know, a real company. Yeah. and and that's a delicate line that that you walk um until until you you kind of have a firm vision of your path absolutely. So what, what's the what's the
0: what's the end point for the vision? I'm curious, um, is there something where over time that you've you started to say, hey, I, this is where I think it's going, um or I think like this is the goal I'm building towards. Um, do you have that, in place that or I'm still something-
1: I think that I'm still a little secretive about. so okay. yes, i I do have a a goal that I'm building towards. Um, uh, but every day brings new surprises, uh, <laughs> that makes us, makes we'll me see. think, yeah, right? yeah, it makes me, uh, say, oh, well, okay. Maybe I need to tweak that plan a little bit. Um, but the, that's part of the, the reason behind, uh, healthier tech. So we've talked about shield your body, sure. which is my product company, um, where we make the, uh, EMF, uh, shielding products like the foam pouches and the laptop pads and the, the anti-radiation headsets and things like that um and then you also alluded earlier to some of the mission behind healthier tech which is you know the the lockdowns happen we all started getting more and more into our tech and then there was kind of this sensation like wow maybe that was a little too much tech and uh <laughs> and maybe i want to be outside more maybe and it, it goes beyond that to you know maybe i should the uh, company uh, country should regulate facebook more Uh, which were the the conversations that were first for the first time really happening in 2020. And there was sort of this shift in the perception of how we relate to technology. And Mm -hmm. I realized, you know, while EMF might be a complicated thing uh, and somewhat controversial thing to to talk about, um, having a healthier relationship with technology isn't uh, because more and uh, basically everyone now that I talk to feels like they need a healthier relationship with their phone, uh, just yeah. at a minimum. and and if you can get people thinking in those ways, then they're going to have less exposure to EMF radiation, regardless of whether they're aware of it as, as a risk. Um, and so I realized that this presents an opportunity to reach a broader audience um, with critical messaging, that I think is very relevant and timely, um, but that also actually helps reduce their EMF exposure without ever having to talk about EMF or EMF right. exposure. And so that is um, that is th- the the expansion that that is in process now. Now again, in terms of long term goals, I'll, I'll, I'll you can have me back in a few years and, and I can catch <laughs> you up. But um, no, so we have the podcast now. Uh, I think the episode this week is episode uh, 60. Um, wow. And we have a, a few dozen more actually already recorded. We're, we're, we got a little behind on that one. Uh, and we're planning our first online summit, which will be taking place in September. I don't have a URL yet for you, but everything will be at, at the main website, which is healthiertech.co. And uh, we're working on other content and programs through that brand, at, at, as, at, at, while simultaneously working to expand our catalog and our marketing relationships on the Shield Your Body side.
0: That's amazing. So so the uh, for the event, is that an in-person event or is that no, digital? No.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah. Um uh yeah, as I tell everyone to have a healthier relationship with technology we'll have them on their <laughs> computers for four hours a day. But no, it, it's just way easier. I mean, this way you can get speakers the you know, top names from all over the place, they can record their content in advance, you can get attendees from all over the place, and uh, people can watch at their convenience. And so it's an it's an online uh, virtual summit. Um, a healthier tech virtual summit, which will be September 18th to the 21st. And it'll be, it'll be free. That's amazing. Congratulations on that. That's always exciting to
0: feel like, you you know, you're putting on, I know how stressful that can be and uh, driving, you know, any sort of numbers, you know, hope people show up and hope people's speakers are relevant and, and everything of that sort. That's always a big pressure to put on, but that's exciting that you guys are at a place where you can help pass it on. And uh, yeah, know, thank you. My company. team
1: has been pushing me to do this for a couple of years and I never felt it was quite right, but um, things just sort of aligned uh, this year. And, and we have, we have a really, really great lineup uh, booked. And actually the, the interview, we start recording all the interviews. Uh, we, I start recording all the interviews uh, <laughs> next week. So that's it, amazing. Um, yeah. I'm excited. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: And, and as, and as in kind of like the future develops, is there something that you as a brand or a company that's a lot of irons in the fire. And and let's be honest, like as you develop this out, what's the one thing that's, that feels like either the most challenging thing that you're still trying to overcome. So
1: that's a great question. And you're right. I do have a lot of irons in the fire and the biggest change that I have made this year is to have fewer irons in the fire. Um, I feel, and and it, 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 how do I express this? Um, it, a, as a smaller company, um, where you're constantly struggling to, to find ways to grow and you're always worried about cash flow, Um, there's this like pressure, like, oh, here's an opportunity. Let me do it. Here's an opportunity. Let me try it. Here's an opportunity. Let me try it. Um, yeah. yeah. And this year I was like, wait, no, here's what we have to do. What I, here's the plan for the year. I'm not adding anything to it until you know Q4 and we start planning for next year. If it's not in the plan, we're not doing it. And so I'm doing fewer things um, and that's spreading down through the team and we're doing them better. And we're focused more on, uh, on execution and on measuring execution um, uh, operationally within the company. So uh, the, the biggest change that I have made this year is actually doing less okay i like that are you are you
0: do you feel like you need to go out and go to conferences or interact with people are you a person who's
1: no at I'm home not, and that, rather heads not, down and work yeah yeah no i um i built syb um from the ground up um and this is pre-covid uh, specifically to be run from anywhere so there is no office um I mean, we have warehouses and we have a primary warehouse in Vegas, uh, but the, the team works from all over the world. I mean, uh, the only country. Yeah. I mean, the United States, we have a a few key team members, but outside of that, we have Canada, Argentina, uh, India, Portugal, uh, Scotland, uh, Greece, and of of course, uh, China. Um, We have, so, so the point being, I, I, I intentionally built this company so that it could be run from anywhere. We could bring in people from anywhere we could sell anywhere. And so these, uh, the, 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 the dependence on, uh, being in a specific place and time has never really been part of our recipe. That's amazing. How
0: do you guys, does that, is that uh conflict at all in person or do you feel like, Hey, we're not. I feel like with people, I they either liked getting together and like being in the same room and throwing ideas off each other. But you built this specifically. It sounds like yeah. Well, I also came from
1: software, where this has been I I wouldn't say the norm. I mean, certainly not at the larger companies, but it has been popular. This has been a popular way of running software dev for 20 years. Um, So when I moved from soft software into this, I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, and you know, there's trade-offs, there's trade-offs to everything. Um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, like when we're prototyping, we have to get multiple prototypes made and sent to multiple locations around the world, you know, so all of us can be looking at the same thing at the same time and, and talking about it. Uh, but in terms of, bouncing ideas off each other. I mean, we have meetings and we have Skype and we have email and we have JIRA and, you know, we use tools to facilitate a lot of that. And the people that come on board are ones that are attracted to this sort of lifestyle. So, um, if, if they're looking for IRL interactions, you know, they're not going to be looking for a job at shield your body. They'll be looking for a job at, you know, where, whatever employer they, they may have.
0: Well, as you were building this, you're, you're building without you actually saying it, you're building a global brand because of the global perspectives of different people around the world. Is that, is that been important for you to implement this as a, this product needs to be a universal, no matter where I, I'm, I am in the world, right? Like, because technology is, is, is its own, um, it's, it's, yeah, own we have, we world. have one, yeah,
1: we have one product that actually plugs into the wall. And so that one. Is depending on the the power grid in your right. country, but every other product we sell it adds the same value to anyone in the world. And at that point, it's all a, a marketing and distribution challenge. And Have you been surprised? Sure- oh, yeah. sorry.
0: Have you been surprised by who adopts like this product the most? Like your audience archetype, right? Like humans across the board are are. are you know using technology on a day-to-day basis but more of one culture might use it more than another has there been an adoption that has been surprising to you whether it be country or um i'm not sure how deep you guys go like male female more um you know tends to use or is there has there any been anything like that that's been surprising whether it be culturally uh geographically um you know anything of that sort
1: um yeah well So I I can give you one one example. Yeah, I can give you one specific (laughs) example. Italy has just been a very poor performer for us uh, compared to other Amazon EU marketplaces. And having just spent two weeks in Italy where everyone smokes and everyone vapes and everyone Uh, stays up, you know, till 2 a.m. partying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, well, maybe they don't care about cell phone radiation so much if they're doing all of that. It wouldn't uh, be
0: surprising. Yeah. That would yeah. be, that'd be interesting. And for someone who was over there, like, I felt like I was coughing so much, uh, yeah. <laughs> everyone was on their phone and, uh, or vaping or anything like yeah. that. And it's, it's shocking. The vaping well, I mean, it was, think was
1: amazingly, uh, I, I was, that took me completely by, you know, cause you know, the stereotype of, of European smoking, um, but you update it for 2023 and they're all, they're all vaping everywhere in a different go. way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I
0: still love you, Italy. You have a special place in my heart. And, uh, for people oh, food. Uh, our food. food is amazing. Our, our and I both realized we were both uh, in Italy for two weeks at a time. So it's, um, we were both, uh, pleasantly happy and I'm still happy, but this is the first day back for me. And I'm looking at screens. I'm like the, the first thing I joke with my team was, uh, when I got back was, um, I don't have to worry about what I'm eating. That was the biggest challenge I had on a day to day basis. Was what am I going to eat today? Now it's uh, <laughs> catching up on emails and talking to great people like you. Um, looking at five screens at a time right now, it's like I'm not even uh, I'm not even with it. It feels like, but uh, or it's a different world. But uh, and that's intriguing. Well, I guess like wrapping up with you are I'm, I'm curious too. As 2023 is unfolding, and now we're about halfway through the year, has there been anything that's more surprising or what, what's been the most surprising I should say that's different. yeah. I mean this
1: year, all the economic uncertainty is, is um I mean, it just by nature, it's going to be surprising because every month you're told, Oh, there's gonna later, going to be a recession. Then two weeks later, Oh, again. we avoided recession. Oh wait, no, there's going to be a recession. Oh, interest rates. They can start flattening out now. Oh no, wait, they're going back up again. And mm-hmm. um all of, I mean, the bank failures are really serious uh leading indicators. Um Uh, But so far, the surprising thing is it's been relatively stable. I mean, there's been choppiness month to month, which isn't quite normal for us. Um, But but overall, the economic uncertainty, um, it just keeps you on your toes this year more than in the past several years where things have seemed relatively fine. Um, And this is around the world. This is every... Uh, I'd say every marketplace, the whole world is sort of on pins and needles about what what might happen um economically. But so far, knock on wood, it's uh, it's holding up. but that's 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 uh, that's the big thing for me this year. Awesome. Well, thank you so
0: much for hopping on uh, the global Spin podcast today. And for people who might have a question or you, again, you're a podcast host and you have all these different events going on. Uh, Where can they listen to
1: uh, your podcast and maybe throw the thank you? Yeah. So the podcast is the Healthier Tech Podcast. Um, It's on all major podcasts. So Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, everything. Um, So just search for the Healthier Tech Podcast. And all the links are at healthiertech.co. And the products company we were talking about, the EMF reduction uh, products, that's at shieldyourbody.com. That's all one, shieldyourbody, all one word, .com.
0: Absolutely. And you can buy on your website or you can just search your brand on, uh, Amazon. And, uh, again, thanks for the amazing relationship you have with uh, both Frisbee, but also just, I love hearing stories like this. I love seeing development of brands, uh, globally. And, uh, I would love to pick your brain more. You've been a fantastic host, and we'll definitely have to subscribe to the podcast more after listening to an episode or two and just talking with you in general. So, uh, excellent! Thank thanks so for hopping much. on the global spin podcast and, uh, We'll have to have you on again in a year or two. And after those uh, surprising and very secretive uh, <laughs> things happened uh, with the exits or the the end road for Shield
1: Your Body and,
0: and everything in, in between. So thanks again, R, for coming on. And Thank uh, you so much story. for the
1: invite. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate it,
0: Ryan. I appreciate your time today, too, sir. Uh, and thank you, everyone else, for hopping on the Global Spin podcast. Uh, thanks to R Blank. Again, go ahead and check them out at shieldyourbody.com and all the other properties that they have. Um, Again, thanks for dropping and hopping on and listening on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter. Make sure you follow us on all those social platforms where you can go ahead and find us. Um, You can search myself, Ryan Kramer at on LinkedIn. And uh, we'll have many, many episodes coming at the forefront. Actually, we have two more already this week. Um, I don't take time off. Once I come back from vacation, I I come back from vacation. So we're going to have lots of more episodes. Um, here with uh, the Global Spin Podcast. But again, follow us on all your favorite podcast destinations on Google, Facebook, uh, Google, uh, Amazon Music, and on Spotify or Stitcher. Um, we'll be available on all those platforms. So make sure you subscribe and get updated on our future episodes. Again, thanks our Arblink, CEO of Shield Your Body. We'll catch you guys next time on another episode of the Global Spin Podcast. Take care.